shelf or mine i'm becky standall hey say youth it. services librarian oh, at the longview public library when did that happen uh, monday woo, woo. i'm elizabeth <laughs> same old same, same old, old elizabeth. one uh, adult services librarian at the longview public library yay yay well congratulations thank you yeah you're gonna do awesome yeah it's very exciting it is yeah, it's going to be exciting. I think 2020 is going to be a fantastic year. Great. Yeah. I'm really looking forward to 2020. Elizabeth is already writing 2020 on things. Yep. I am ready for 2020. <laughs> <laughs> um, but it's still 2019 as we speak here today. Yeah, it is. On your shelf or mine. It's um, here to give you an end of year wrap up. And... <laughs> um cool yeah so we said last time we were going to talk about the books that we had left to talk about to wrap up the whole challenge right yes all right but first let's talk a little bit about what has happened shall we sure you had two large events on the same day one was a kind of a smaller event Mm -hmm. um but they were both pretty cookie Oh, man. Okay, so we did, um, this was like how my week, last week was. Monday, I... That was just last week, wasn't it? Yeah, it feels like longer ago. It feels like a month ago. Monday was the Friends of the Library, um, their holiday party, and I went to that because I'm their liaison. Very French. (laughs) (laughs) And uh, ate some cookies there, and then... um, the next day, they did the senior concert, which they do every year with the... Um, I think this is the 28th year, or maybe even 29th. Maybe 29th. Because mm-hmm. I, I did the press release, and I remember thinking, oh, next year is going to be a big year, like mm-hmm. the 30th. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that makes sense. So that would make sense. Yes. Um, and they made a lot of cookies for that. Tons and tons. And there's lots left over, but also we needed cookies for our um, family program that night. Mm-hmm. Which we had winter at Orchard House, which was our little women-themed holiday party, and we had about thirty people come for that. And I think they were expecting because when we do like little monster mash and we have them make cookies, we need like two thousand cookies, mm-hmm. um, and we didn't need that many cookies for this event, but we had that many cookies. Right. Yeah. And so the whole next day after that event, we had cookies out in the gallery for people to eat. And even after that all day, we still had cookies left. And so, and we had the cookie exchange. Right. Among staff. So all I ate last week was cookies. <laughs> and I met up with a friend on Sunday. And I was like, I think I need like vegetables or Lettuce. something. <laughs> Not like Buddy the Elf. <laughs> right. <laughs> cookies aren't your favorite. Yeah, they're not my... <laughs> like they're not a food group. Right. <laughs> with your syrup. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's funny. Syrup and coffee. Oh. Why didn't I think of that? Oh. <laughs> Gross. Well, it was a very busy week last week. It was amazing yeah. how much was going heavy on. Week. Mm-hmm. 
Yep. What else happened? I can't even think. Um, like I said, it feels like that was like a month ago. Yeah. Well, I had Thursday off last week instead of Monday. What did I do? Last and so I went shopping. You went to like physical therapy and stuff because oh. your shoulders all messed oh, up. That's right. That's all I do anymore. Let's <laughs> go to physical therapy. It's helping, just in case anybody cares. It's helping. So, but it is taking up mm-hmm. a lot of my, yeah. my thinking. So, hmm. hmm. Yeah. There's really not much happening till the end of the year at the library either. It's kind of a a slow down, catch your breath time because so many people are going to be on vacation and doing family stuff. I won't be on vacation. I have two days of vacation on the 30th and the 31st only because they are days that if I don't use them, I will lose them. I guess what? What? Oh. I brought you this. <laughs> oh. But, but you broke my thing. What's this? the headphones. That's a present I got you. Wow. To open right now. Open right now. Yeah. Uh-oh. Open it on the air. I'm a, I'm a little scared, actually, because <laughs> um, you have me very afraid. <laughs> Why? It's a present. <laughs> I'm afraid it's going to come out at me. Oh, seriously? Oh, how exciting. Oh, my gosh. That's amazing. <laughs> What is it? It's from Owl Crate. Fantastic. So this is the planner. I don't know if we talked about it or we not. We talked okay. about it. So, so she, <laughs> she got this super cool book reading planner for 2020. Well, actually any year. Yeah, it's the, undated. The, the um, hope was to use it for 2020. And so I went on the internet and scoured the internet mm-hmm. for this thing. And you could only get it through the Owl Crate box. And so Becky yeah. gave me it. So, and they had sold out of the November boxes that it came in. Mm-hmm. But then last week, mm-hmm. they were like, we have extra reading <gasps> planners available. Buy them right now. No and way. so I went on and I ordered one. Oh, that's so cool. Yeah. Well, because I said to her, hey, if you see that, uh-huh. let me know and I'll buy it. <laughs> so cool. Thanks, Becky. You're welcome. That was see, that wasn't awesome. scary. It was fantastic. <laughs> That's the best thing ever. Yay. Thanks. Aw, that's so cool. I'm so excited to write books in it. That... Yeah, to plan your reading. Yeah. And I got a bunch of ho-ho-ho paper. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you didn't want to make a crumple sound in the microphone. Oh, you want me to do yeah. that? There you go. I know you were avoiding it. I but was, that's some good I ASMR. Was. People like that. They do. Yeah. Yeah. Well, maybe it'll stay in. Maybe. <laughs> Becky, that's so cool. Yeah, I started using mine already. My goal for my reading goal for the rest of the year, so mm-hmm. the next two weeks, is to finish all of the books I've half read. Oh, and there's like eight of them. Wow. <laughs> yeah. Hmm. But and... I did this one, and that was on the list. Uh-huh. So, is that a number two, or is that number one? <laughs> 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 Juvenile it's a humor. Deuce. <laughs> Number one, we're okay. talking about a book, though. I mean, not we're not talking about it yet, though. Yeah, that's um, and that's on my list. So I'm curious to see what you say about that because oh, great, I have things to say. I just finished it this morning. Yeah, I, you normally do have things to say. 
So. <laughs> oh, I, I will talk about it. <laughs> yeah. So I wrote down a couple of things that are coming up um, in 2020. Oh, um, and we are having movie night coming back oh, yeah. on the fourth Tuesday of every month at 6 p.m. And Becky actually picked the first yeah. movie. Speaking of Deuce. <laughs> <laughs> the movie we're watching in January is Blinded by the Light. And I had never heard of it, so it sounds pretty. It sounds pretty fun. Yeah. So that movie I haven't seen yet. Mm-hmm. Um, so it is uh, set in England, nineteen eighty-seven, mm-hmm. and it is. It's about a teenager, mm-hmm. and he um, learns how to live his life through the music of Bruce Springsteen. Right. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's what the description says. Great. So yeah, <laughs> yeah. So it's like. Um, Got a lot of Bruce Springsteen music in it. Yeah. I think it's got like musical numbers, but I don't know. Well, and you know, it's set in 1987, so the soundtrack is going to sound like the 80s. So, yeah, yeah which is okay. Right? Anyways, I'm excited to watch that movie. Yeah, it sounds like it's going to be good. And I actually will be back by the time that that comes on because that's January 28th. Yep. Wow. Yeah. And your new reading challenge starts on the first, and um, people are already asking when they can download that from the web page. Mm-hmm. So, just throwing that out. I know it's on my list of um, things to do. Mm, that list. But I need to put them all up on Beanstack. But not a downloadable. And then one. Yeah. Um, when Jennifer is back at work tomorrow, I can send her a PDF. Yeah, she's working on the I, website. I really found the the PDF version quite helpful. Well, at least the printed version of it quite helpful mm-hmm. because, you know, when it's on Beanstack, it's broken down into a weird yeah. kind of way. You it's going to have, uh, yeah, and this is just like you can look at it. But I have heard feedback mm-hmm. that people do like it on Beanstack because of the little, like, links and stuff I put sure. in there too, mm-hmm. um, book lists and stuff. Yep, that's so. good. It's all good. But it's you see good. mine where, you know, you have an opportunity to make changes and write all right. over it. I put my I name on it mine. I'm giving it to you. I lost it. Wow. That's unfortunate. <laughs> I hope there's some way um, you've recorded it. I've recorded it on Beanstack. So. And the podcast. Here. <laughs> and also here. Right. So other on things that are happening. From the wrong people. So score. Whoa. Oh you need God. to quit hitting that. I'm just fidgeting. Quit. So uh, score, the small business um, education arm of SCORE is going to be starting their new seminars. They're going to do 10 or 11 this year. And the first one is Simple Steps to Starting Your Business. So mm-hmm. it's January 18th from 10 to 1, and you can already register online. So if your New Year's resolution is to start a business. Absolutely. You should for sure. Attend, participate, and always remember that SCORE offers free mentoring for anyone who wants help starting a business. Take advantage. Wow. Yeah. In September, and I don't think I've actually mentioned this to Becky yet. Uh-oh. She's always the I'm last. I'm going to get mad. Score has a new volunteer, and this person's specialty is get your book published. So we've added that to the September. I'm not mad you hadn't told me that. Seminar. <laughs> I'm only interested. <laughs> so I've already talked to Vicki um, mm-hmm. about getting something set up for local authors and writer publishing information to coordinate that with the September event. So what's this? Oh, (laughs) dude, really? Seriously? Sorry. (laughs) 
<laughs> also in January, story time starts on the 15th. Correct. Story times do resume on the 15th. Mm -hmm. And then your book sale is actually the 23rd, 24th, and 25th. It is indeed. And if you are a friend of the library, you have a special sale. Yeah, day. they're doing a pre-sale Wednesday the 22nd in the evening. Mm -hmm. So it's also just time to renew your friend's membership or to join. Right. If you haven't been a friend before. We love friends. Yeah, we really rely on all of the friends to support our programming. Yep. They're great. They are absolutely awesome. And as Becky mentioned, she is the liaison now. So, the what? Liaison. Mm. It's English. <laughs> <laughs> yes. So, sign up. And then um, you'll have a special guest with you for the January 16th taping. Yep. And. I will be on vacation. Yeah, so you'll be in Panama. Woo, woo. Someone will be here with me. Yes. We are going to be talking about um, Little Women. Mm. Oh, and are you guys going to go see it? Yeah. Oh, okay. Well, what Daniel should be doing on his vacation right now is lis listening to the audiobook. Well, let's cross our fingers that that's yeah. what he's doing. I'm sure he is doing what he said he would do. Of course he is. And then um, our teen programs are going to start, our Teen Tuesday programs are starting up again on January 21st, mm -hmm. and that's going to incorporate the movie nights. So oh, the 21st, we're having a Nintendo dance party. O-M-G. Yeah. So we're going to play some fun dance games. I'm excited. And then we're going to show that movie on the 28th. Mm -hmm. um, we're going to have a karaoke night February 4th. Nice. A Palentine's Day party. <laughs> On February 11th, mm -hmm. we're making Fruit Slice Pillows on the 18th. We're showing another movie on the 25th. Mm -hmm. And then in March, we have some 2-1 that I'm excited about. Um, we're doing a Fortnite. Oh. And if you come thinking that you're going to be playing the game Fortnite. You're wrong. You're wrong. Because totally we're wrong. making forts. Oh, are you using sheet forts or? Yeah, we're doing blanket forts. And we're going to get like the big blocks that the like little kids play with. And mm -hmm. we're going to let the big kids play with those too. Wow. Are you going to like use mops and brooms to build your fort? Maybe. That's what we used to use. Oh. Mm -hmm. Yeah, we used to prop up our we used to mops use, like, and brooms on the, on the couches and, you know, make your, uh -huh. yeah. yeah. Stationary bike. We didn't have one of those. Yeah. <laughs> I feel like that stationary bike was used more for play. Well, you know, I know. Than for biking i think that in many people's houses that <laughs> is used for laundry oh mm -hmm. as either a drying rack mm -hmm. or an extra closet when i was like anything. little like really little i used to like pretend like store on the little like oh, sure. beepy pad yeah and this would have been like on the beep beep pad i don't know like yes. 1989 so <laughs> I'm not really sure how much that thing could do. Right. Um, besides beep. Besides push the buttons and have it beep at you. Right. So you're like pretending to check out stuff. Head of lettuce. Beep. Beep, beep. <laughs> Here you go. Nice. Okay. Uh, what a silly something. bike that was. Yeah. Those are the things that I have. And then like in Febu February. Nice. Well done. Thanks. Good catch. Hard for me to say. The only way I say it. <laughs> um, we are going to, the friends are doing Curl Up. With a good book. Curl Up with a good book. Which is? Um, it's just a nice time to come and have 
a tea or coffee and read a book or work on a puzzle in the magazine room of the library Tuesday mornings, 10 to 12, with the friends of the library. Mm -hmm. And they bring cookies, Mm -hmm. more cookies. Yeah. Yeah. And hot cocoa. Mm -hmm. Maybe the little, like, packets of cider. Well, they haven't done that one, but they could. Have you? I used to do it. All the time. They never had cider? They never had cider. No. I'm just really revolutionizing the works. Anyways, so that's what we have coming up at the library. Excellent. Sounds like fun. Lots going on. Mm -hmm. There really is going to be lots all 2020 because we have um, new people starting in 2020 as well. We've been running short for a long time. Like a year. Yeah. Well, I mean, short, short. <laughs> shorter, shorter. Yeah. For like half a year. Six months. Yeah. And, and it's it's been, it, it, I think it's time for us to get new people and so <laughs> we can stop running, 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 running all the time. Anyway, so that we already have one person up to get hired and then in New Year we'll hire the next person. Mm-hmm. So it'll be awesome. Becky gets a new person. I do. Yeah. So that's going to be spectacular. So look forward to that, I guess. Yeah. Definitely look forward to that. So what else did you write in your notes? Um, everything else is all about the books that I read. Books. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because we were going to um, kind of review the last three on the list. Yeah, let's do that. Okay. Let's get get to it. So we have three um, categories in the reading challenge left for 2019. Correct. And we they are? An African-based fantasy or science fiction. Mm-hmm. A book about someone who identifies as neurodiverse, mm-hmm. and a book by a journalist or about journalism. Great. Yes. So, we're going to start at the top. Yes. Let's just do one topic at a time. Okay. So, African-based science fiction or fantasy. Correct. And I'll do mine. You do yours, and then we'll go to the next topic. Okay. That Sounds work? like a plan. We have a plan. <laughs> you know me. Check that box off. What book did you read? I read Children of Blood and Bone by Tomi Adeyemi. 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 I think it is Yemi. Yemi. I just can't read my own handwriting. Mm. It's horrible. Adeyemi. Yeah. Um, and I liked it. I mean, it was an okay book. It was, and you know I have the same reaction to YA books every time, that it feels like it's a YA book, that it feels like it's that particular audience that it's catering to, yeah. which is great, because that's the audience it was mm-hmm. written for, but I feel it. So, yeah. um, and it's, you know, it's a, a coming-of-age warrior romance quest story, and I like those. Those are okay. Those are fine. You know, as long as there's a quest and you're heading towards something, I can go along for the ride as long as it takes. I did... Um, look it up, and it was actually a Kirkus Prize finalist for mm-hmm. 2018. Um, and it's and it, about... It was a Morris finalist as well. Right. I just looked up Kirkus, though, so... Because right. I was wanting to see what they said, and then I couldn't uh, help myself, and I looked at what they said about the second one, because it just came out. Right. So I'll get to that in just a okay. second. All right. So um, this is about uh, Zelly, who is born into a magical family mm-hmm. but there has been a genocide against those people who perform magic and so most of them have been killed and then the rest of them are being oppressed and they're being oppressed by so they are darker in skin tone and have white hair when it kind of sets them apart as being magical mm-hmm. um, and the other people who are oppressing them are lighter skinned um, and 
uh, don't possess any magic. And so there's there's uh, throughout the whole story, there's the question of, of race and class mm -hmm. and divide and fighting yeah. and all of that. So that's and like colorism. Exactly. And it's Those, the undertone yeah. of the whole story. But I, it, I actually didn't mind reading it. You know, sometimes you just are in it just to see where it gets. This wasn't bad. I mean, it actually moved fairly quickly. But I get, I get bored mm -hmm. with the whole seventeen-year-old romance thing. It's so quite a long book, too. It's five hundred and forty-four pages, mm -hmm. and it is, um, you know, I don't know, it needed all of those pages. So. I, yeah, I agree. I read that this one um, about this time last year, uh -huh. and my main comment. Having finished it was like, this could have used a stronger editor. Yeah, absolutely. I agree. And um, keeping that in mind. So so NPR said it was fast-paced, excellent crafted hero's journey. And I like the thought of calling it a hero's journey because I think that's what essentially it is. It's a quest. It's a, a quest for finding something that is going to help a lot of people, I guess. I'm not quite sure how to phrase that. But... The undertone is is oppression and racism and how it occurs and how it is uh, all encompassing. Mm -hmm. And so that's, I mean, as long as you keep that in mind, that this isn't a book about a girl who goes and finds love and magic. It's about a girl who's trying to save her people from what's a daily life mm -hmm. oppression. You know, you can separate the juvenile. Could you call it juvenile? Right. Or immature. Mm -hmm. from the the larger scope of what this story is is trying to bring to the forefront i guess but it's a it's a quest story is what it is so kirkus did a short review on the children of virtue and vengeance uh -huh. which is number two in this series uh, the legacy of orisha is the name of the series and they said Second, the second installment in trilogies sometimes slump. Uh -huh. Here's hoping the third book uh -huh. is a return to the vibrancy of the first. Wow. <laughs> so, you know, already I'm a little less Yeah, but at excited. least the second book, I assume, revol resolves the cliffhanger. Well, that's just it. It was a huge cliffhanger yeah. at the end, and so it does actually start from there, but I don't know anything more about it, so... yeah. But I thought it was a good story, and, and it was very exciting in some places, and then it was very droll and slow and obvious. And and then towards, I felt for me like the beginning was kind of slow, uh -huh. and then it picked up, and then the romance is just like... It's expected. Well, I know, it is expected, and yeah. I didn't mind it, but then it like flipped, and I was like... I don't know. There's like a couple of twists where I felt like this doesn't make sense that it's this is happening, right. given what we've built to. Right. Yeah, I could see that. And then there were also, I mean, it's been a year since I read yeah. this because I think this was one of the first ones that <laughs> we read. read at the beginning of the year. But I do think that, so I think it's a typical trope in, in that these two people are supposed to hate each other mm -hmm. so, so much. But then they love each other. Mm -hmm. I think that's just right. You just expected that to happen, right? I guess I can't really I talk about better. what was annoying to me without spoiling, right? I think so. <laughs> Something yeah. in the book. Well, and and the other thing is that I, um, you know, once I once there was the dichotomy established between uh -huh. those two, you were just like, oh, I bet this happened, <laughs> you know. And I would have been happier, For sure. happier if it just never happened. Mm -hmm. yeah, I mean, I would have been. It would have been more believable. 
but you know now the the story says that any teenagers that are put together regardless of what the situation might be what is this going to happen yeah well for sure mm -hmm. this book that i read uh, did the same thing yeah it's yeah. not as like romancy because it is like a younger book oh, mm -hmm. um but it's like clearly has paradigm going up already mm -hmm. Ugh. um you know, and I don't mind. I mean, I know that there's a certain amount of, of expectation for romance in YA books. There is a sure. a certain amount of, of, you know, maturing and growing up, mm -hmm. and that's supposed to be hard. But not everybody, seriously, not everybody has to fall deeply, deeply in love like they're going to die. <laughs> they don't do it. But, I mean, it would, been, it would have been far more intriguing to me to have there be a relationship that was not romantic but I, I expected it so so you couldn't be mad no exactly i knew that was gonna happen as soon as, as i can always be mad fact, as a matter of fact as soon as they introduced the character of the brother oh of course I was like, oh, yeah done done deal they're hooking um, up. yeah that's like a game <laughs> i was talking to my book club about like uh, like how early you can identify the m main love interest right it's you know oh there he is right <laughs> Probably popped right up. Um, it's always pretty cool when it's like not who you think it's. Well, be. see, and that's what I was saying. If if it wasn't how it seemed, yeah, instantly, then I would be like, oh yeah, that's much better because wow, it's cool because what I thought didn't actually happen. Mm -hmm. So, but it did. But it did so fast. <laughs> <laughs> but I wouldn't say I hated it. Mm -hmm. It was it was a good, fast paced at times, quest story. Worth reading. Mm -hmm. So that's my... You're going to read the second one? I'm going to read the second one just to see what happens. Are you going to wait till the third one comes out? <laughs> might. I might. Because there's not enough... So I'm going to talk just a second about the um, Scythe and its second one. Oh, And which... how you differ in your this, opinion on yeah, that. Yeah, have you read the toll yet? Not yet. Me neither. Yeah, so... And I'm not running to it. <laughs> I, I'm waiting. I'm on hold for it, but... Oh. So I really liked Scythe. I really liked it. So I would say anybody should go out and read mm -hmm. it. But then I read the second one, which was the Thunderhead. It's just called Thunderhead. Right. Okay. So Thunderhead. There's no That the. just makes me think of Thundercats. And I just want to say Thunderhead. Thunderhead, Thunderhead is the Thunderhead. name of the AI. Oh. <laughs> Thunderhead <laughs> is even better than Scythe. I thought you, you were going to say it was better than Thundercats. And I was going to have a throwdown. So. Oh. There's no way. But anyway, <laughs> okay. anyway, I do not share that opinion mm -hmm. because I think it was a lot of more stage setting than I wanted. Um, and so while I feel it was necessary to give me all of that information, I don't feel like I got anywhere. I feel like I went on an arm on a branch, but I don't feel a resolution. And so I need the third one mm -hmm. to give me that resolution to make the second one worthwhile. You know, I had to set the stage, and now mm -hmm. I have the stage, so I hope the third one actually fulfills the promise. So, And that's what I'm hoping for this one. So maybe I will wait for the third one to come out before I s tackle the second one, because if they're already saying it's slow or not as vibrant as the first one, mm -hmm. I want the third one ready to go so that it can just kind of melt right into the third one and not dwell on the second one. Because I've had a year to dwell on the second <laughs> one for sight, so... <laughs> Well, anyway, so that was my book. So I would say Children of Blood and Bone, go read it. And the second one's out, so... You can read that one, too? You can read that one, too. I don't know if that one ends on a cliffhanger. 
no no clue. I didn't read any more other than that sh short snippet from Kirkus. Cool. Yep. So, and yours? <clears throat> the book I read was Akata Witch um, by Nidhi Okorafor. And I'm just going to clarify that it's A-K-A-T-A, -A -A, Akata, not I caught it. Uh, I caught uh, Right. Uh -huh. So, that's no. all. Uh, I would say I caught a witch, not a witch. Well. Anyways, Akata. Akata. Not I caught a. Uh-huh. <laughs> oh, my gosh. That's like Elon A. Yeah. It looks like it should be Elon E. Let's. Or Elon I. Elon I? Yeah. Elani. Oh. Right, let's call it that from now on. Oh, wait. It's not what it's called. Um, When they say it on the radio, they spell it out, and they say I-L-A-N-I. -I. Oh. And but they say it fast, so it's oh. almost like that's how they're pronouncing it. Oh. I L N A N I. Oh. And I'm like, what? That's oh. Anyways. <laughs> Small digression. It's okay. Anyways, we're talking about a casino. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, this book is called A Caught a Witch, and it is the first book. There is a sequel as well. This one was published, 2011, and then the sequel came out like. Several years later, but just a couple of years ago, two okay. years ago. All right. Um, I haven't, I just finished this one this morning and I haven't read the sequel. I might not read it, but it's called Akata Warrior. And I think that's just the, the second one is Akata Warrior. Yeah. Okay. And it, it's just the two of them. Okay. Um, but this book is a fantasy. It's very Harry Potter-esque, I would say. Um, and when it was first published, it was billed as like, oh, it's the African Harry Potter. Um the main character is 12. She's young. Um, and she um, lives in Nigeria. She was born in the United States and moved back uh, to Nigeria with her parents who are Nigerian when she's like nine. There's like a few like consistency errors in like the book. So it's like... I'm pretty sure she's nine, but I think at one point they said a different age, too. Oh. Continuity errors. That's what I was trying to say. There's a few continuity errors in the story. Anyways, she's albino, and so kids at her school are, like, really mean to her, and she's picked on. And um, her dad is mean, and he doesn't like her. And um, she makes friends with a boy who is her age and goes to school with her. And then a girl who's her, their neighbor. And it's like a running joke, I guess, that you can't ever tell how old her friend is. Oh. Mm -hmm. So it's like, are, is she younger? Is she older? Uh -huh. Who knows? And um, they kind of um, take her into this initiation. Um, her name is Sunny. Gosh, I can't remember names very well. Her friend Chi Chi is the girl. And she is the one who's like, I think that you are like us. But everything, they're very vague about it. Anyways, they take her and initiate her, and it turns out she has magic. Oh, okay. And, um... Orlu and Sasha? Are those her oh, friends? yeah. Orlu is uh, the boy she goes to school with, and Sasha is an American um, boy who comes into the story, like, a little bit later. Gotcha. It was published in 2017, by the way. With the sequel? Mm-hmm. Okay. Anyways, so she finds out that she has this magic, and that she's part of this, like, magical... A race of people kind of that are called leopards and they live like in all cultures all over the world. Um, and then they call the non-magical people lambs. Wow. And so, um, M muggles. Yeah. Yeah. 
So she um, starts going to, they have like this teacher um, who's teaching them magic, kind of. He's not a very good teacher. And so they're doing this, but she can't tell her parents because they um, before they initiate her, she had to take like this, uh, like an oath that she didn't really understand saying that she wouldn't tell anybody. Mm-hmm. And she's what's called a free agent, which means that her parents aren't leopards. Gotcha. Otherwise, it's typically like passed down family to family. Okay. Um, and her friend Chi Chi's mom is like a really connected. Yes, mm-hmm. she's like a part of like a old family of magical people. Okay, so she's kind of like the um, Malfoy. <laughs> yes. Okay. <laughs> there are like a lot of direct parallels. Well, are, is she Malfoy or is she Weasley? Um, I guess. Hmm. So I guess Sunny is probably most like Hermione. Oh, okay. And that makes sense. I guess there's not necessarily like super direct. They're like a little bit of this and a little bit of that. Mm-hmm. So like, but she, definitely, yeah. So um. Anyway, so she starts learning magic. Most of the magic she learns comes from her friends teaching her because they have always known that they had magic and have been learning it since they were very young. Uh-huh. Um, and. I guess I would have been more interested in the book spending more time on like her learning stuff, but it is very like, I don't know, this happened and then this happened and their teacher is like, oh, go see this magical person. And they're like, why? And he's like, don't ask me questions. Um, And then so they go and something happens to them and they have to like figure it out on the spot. Uh Meanwhile, there's like a serial killer on the loose in their town and he's like killing or disappearing children. Okay, so that's why it's a children hero. Um, and they, the four of them form, do they call it a coven? I don't think they do. Would they really? Um, anyways, because they have like, I don't, I don't know, they balance each other out in like some special magical way. Okay. Um, they're like a battery and they come together. Yeah. yeah okay. And so they're like, you guys are the ones that are going to have to stop this murderer oh. and he's he's a all, leopard like that's gone bad all of you children are gonna have to yeah stop this. so okay. there's like this book was it was kind of strange because like a lot of times it did feel really young like it felt very like early harry potter and not later harry potter sure. she's 12 and orlu was also 12 so they just got their letters yeah okay and then her but the other two um are like 14 right and like the the magic is like cool and interesting, but there's a lot of things or that I just didn't like about it. And the main thing is that whenever they like misbehave, mm-hmm. they get beaten. What? And it's like <laughs> um, they talk about what like they get caned, yeah, and beaten. And it's like, the only form of punishment that like that they're subject to. They don't talk about any other kind, right. and it's just like totally normal. She's always afraid that her dad is going to, like, hit her. Right. Um, but it's never in, like, a context where they see that as, like, a bad thing. Other than it's, like, just as kids, yeah, mm-hmm. don't want to be punished. Right. But well, the, um, and I think that speaks to cultural differences, too. I do. Because if you are in uh, Malaysia, sure. you're going to get caned. Yeah. You know that. Um, but the author is um, American. Hmm. But they're pulling from a different culture, I would I would think that's what the well, this is the is. thing that bothered me actually. The very most even of that though too mm-hmm. is that the one American kid and I guess 
uh, Sonny is American and Nigerian, and sure. he is just American, and his family has been in America for several generations. Okay. But he's sent to um, Nigeria to stay with Orlu's family because he's such a troublemaker uh-huh. that they're, like, afraid, you know, that he's going to come into danger. And sure. he's, like, from Chicago. Right. But in America, he's been, like, trained as a, a leopard and stuff as well. So he has lots of magical training, and he's, like, really good at it. And that's what he's got in trouble for is using magic at the times where he's like not supposed to do it. And he had been caned in the United States so badly by his teachers that he has like scars from it. And I, that just really like bothered me. And it was like a weird thing to include given like, I think that it might be okay. So I I totally get that. Yeah. Don't don't get me wrong here. (laughs) I understand that beating people is bad. But I do see that it is trying to separate a um, the leopard culture, let's say, and what is expected and what is part of, no matter where you are in the world, you're part of that culture, and part of that culture is punishment as you get hit with a stick. It's not, that's not how it's treated in the book. It's not treated as like, because her father does, and he is like a muggle or whatever, it, he's, he's the same just way. A jerk. Yeah, but it's never treated as like inappropriate, as like a bad thing mm-hmm. or an mm-hmm. inappropriate thing. Mm-hmm. And I think, especially to give like the black American character these scars from being beaten in the United States, mm-hmm. it like given his like the historical context that he grew up in is like sure. a really weird choice to make sure. in a children's book. Sure. Um, and where, it, where, <laughs> to never no, have it where, like addressed. So that author is. She's Nigerian American. Right. But she's, it seems like she spent most of her time in the United States. Mm-hmm. I do think that there are cultural, uh, I do think that there are things based in a culture that she's pulling that from. It doesn't make it right or good or yeah. anything like that, but I do think that there is that aspect of the way other people live, that we don't live that way, that might be a part of her Perhaps. Reality? I don't know. I mean, but, I'm not saying that beating people is good. Right. You but know. of course, also, like, this is a fantasy book, so she can do whatever she wants to. And she's writing for children in an American audience. I just think it's like... It's a weird choice. It's a, Yeah, a really weird choice. And I'm you know, surprised. And I was really yeah. surprised to read that. <laughs> yeah. Well, and it's very funny because as soon as you started talking about kids being beaten with canes, it, yeah. it brought to mind when that kid was in Malaysia and he spray painted something. Or something, what and kid? some American kid. It was in the nineties, I think. An American kid was in Malaysia and did something that was against the law, and he was publicly caned, even though he was not from there. But he broke the law, and so he was subjected to the mm-hmm. same punishment that anybody else would have been. And it was he was publicly whipped with a cane. Jeez. Yeah. So it's you know it's not like it's a new thing. <laughs> It's, it's part of people's laws that this stuff happens. Right. And so but if you were writing a children's book for an American it, audience, right. you wouldn't be like, that's cool and normal. <laughs> like, you know? I, culture I doesn't just like it. come out of nowhere. I, I, like humans sure. make culture. Right. But then again, you know, she's trying to separate these kids as different. And so all aspects of their life growing up is different. And so I'm, I'm not justifying it for her, but maybe that's where she came from. Is maybe. that it's so different that you should be offended that that's how they are punished. I just, I don't know. Anyways, to me, that was the weirdest thing you about the book. You don't like it. <laughs> I was like, 
this is an odd choice. And it is. So sometimes it feels really young. Sometimes stuff like that will happen where you're like, you know, if you're an older reader, you can contextualize this a bit. Sure. But not if you're 12. Not you know, if like you're 12. Sure. Necessarily. And then sometimes yeah, you're not going to have that information. The kids are like, they'll swear right. in a way that feels like kind of um, grown up. Yeah. Yeah. Or like one of them smokes. What? I'm not even going to talk because I was that age. <laughs> when, you, when you were 12. Oh, yeah. I mean, that happens. But it's just like. A weird choice to put in a book. For well, <laughs> yeah, it is a weird choice, but but again, it is a perspective that's not your own too. So it's a weird but choice that, for you. Here's a choice. So there's like a cultural context to that too, of like right. smoking when you're really right. young. Right. But that she's like, you shouldn't smoke. Like that comes up as like one character is like, hey, you want to smoke? Right. And she's like, no, smoking's bad for you. So like. They could have said something like that about beating, like, oh, we Do you want to get beat? No, beating's bad for me. Yeah, you actually shouldn't hit children <laughs> or whip them with canes. <laughs> but that never happens. It never happens. Yeah, well. And those are the good guys in the book, the ones that whip yeah. children with canes. And then oh. later in the book where they're like, oh, the black hat is kidnapping kids. They found him and his ears were cut off. I'm like, that sounds like something you would do, though, teacher guy. With a cane. You know, <laughs> I do. Yeah. So, yeah, I can see. I can see why all that is. And, and like, especially when that is meant for an audience of 12 year olds. So, yeah. And like, we do have this in the, teen collection, oh, in the teen collection. But when I read it, it feels really like a Harry Potter read like in a younger way, except for weird stuff like that. Yeah. OK, so should I read it? Should I don't know. I? OK, I, well, I. uh don't need to. <laughs> I actually am put off a little bit from reading it since the protagonist is so young. I mean, mm -hmm. that's just not up my alley. So. Yeah. And then, so I haven't read the second one, but I wonder if she's older. And they gave it this new cover, which is like an older cover. I also don't, you're going to complain about this book some more. <laughs> but um, she it has a lot of like, like the um, magical disabilities tropes in it, which aren't necessarily great so like she has she has albinism and so she can't you know like spend much time in the sun and that's like a disability in her life and then when she finds out she has magic it's suddenly not a problem anymore yeah, yeah. and that happens a few times where it's like every character who has a disability the magic undoes it and their lives are better for it better and it's you like know, but then again if you've got magic then that should be the case but it, it's like i don't know it's not handled well right but I, I i think i know what you're trying to say and i'm just saying that if i've got magic i'm fixing that it's no longer gonna so be that's not how it happens though right. it's oh. not like they fixed it with their magic oh. it's that they they this ability gives them more magic to overcome their disability i don't know i'm not reading that book <laughs> <laughs> but other than those things i found personally offensive <laughs> um and what did you rate this book, <laughs> Becky? I gave it two stars. Oh, ouch. Two stars is for okay. Yeah, well, I could have given it one star. Yeah, you could have. But I didn't. Because there were parts, like, I think that were kind of cool. Okay. Like, they do, like, the way that they do magic and stuff is cool. Okay. All right. Anyways. Well, I'll just keep it on the maybe list. <laughs> yeah. For when I have nothing else to read. All right. So the second one is a book about someone who identifies as neurodiverse. And that means anything where... They think differently. So autism, Asperger's, what else? Um, Bipolar. Would you consider that neurodiverse? No. Mm, mental. 
Um, um, like dyslexia. There we go. Okay. There were some other ones out there, but the one I read was about autism. So that's what I'm stuck with. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And now it's my turn to complain about a book. <laughs> Great. All right. So, <laughs> <laughs> so I read The Reason I Jump by Naoki Higashida, which okay. was, the subtitle is The Inner Voice of a 13-Year-Old Boy with Autism. All right. Is this a nonfiction book? It is a nonfiction book. It is the 13-year-old with autism wrote it in oh. Japanese. Yeah. And it was translated um, by K.A. Yoshida with the help of David Mitchell of Cloud Atlas right. and Slade House. Mm-hmm. Now, I'm going to preface this. David Mitchell has an autistic child. All right. So he was very excited about... Translating this book. And writing the foreword. Okay. Okay. Now, I want you to remember that because that's an important little aspect, okay? okay. All right. So, I... So, this book is about a 13-year-old boy okay. who describes his life living with autism, but he can't actually talk to you. He wrote this book, right? Okay. But he can't actually talk to you about this. He can't... He's nonverbal. Right. He doesn't He doesn't articulate thoughts or feelings with other people. Um, he does a lot of repetitive behavior, obsessive behavior, you know, a, a, a very severe case of autism. Where he write the book, though? He wrote the book. So, okay. So we're getting okay. to this. <laughs> so um, the idea was that this book would help others to dis- demystify mm-hmm. autism, to see how this little guy lives his life and functions within society with all of these disabilities, with all of these these. Um, things that hold him back from participating fully. Now, I had a lot of trouble <laughs> with this. So so let me just kind of go through and um, tell you a little bit about the book itself. So he describes what he does and why he does it. Okay, this is a kid who cannot articulate how he feels or anything, but he wrote a book about what he does and why he does it. So there's there's a little bit of I'm not feeling a whole lot of think it's fake. I'm not going to say that because <laughs> okay. there's something else I'm going to say after I get past this other part. Right? Okay. All right. So when he wrote this, he wrote it using obviously Japanese characters, right? Right. And he wrote it one character at a time. Okay. So it took a long time, and then it was translated into colloquial English. Mm. Okay. So, I was reading the new, there was a New York Times review of it, and I was reading her perspective because she too has an autistic child, like David Mitchell. And she was saying that it was interesting to see how this 13 year old who has zero contact or brings up other people all the time, he doesn't do that, all of a sudden is speaking from the royal we. And mm-hmm. this is how you should treat all of us kids with autism. Mm-hmm. And I'm speaking for all of us. So she had a very hard time with that. Yeah. Which I can totally understand. Because this kid in all of the book brings up his mom a couple times. Mm-hmm. I think it's like a James Frey situation. Well, <laughs> I think that it's an... Uh, all right, I'll tell you. So while I was reading this uh-huh. book, I had a very hard time coming to terms that this was actually written by this kid and that this kid actually had this, could articulate these things. Mm-hmm. I had a hard, hard time believing that. It could be true. He's written another book, apparently, 
I mean, it could be true. I just really have a hard time. You sit in a room with a little boy who can't even interact with you on any level socially. Yeah. But he can articulate his feelings to that level in right. a book. I really have a hard time believing that that's the case. Right. Even though there are some people who are, who, you know, can't articulate anything, mm-hmm. but, but can go learn Icelandic in a week. You know, I mean, that does exist. I just don't feel that this is what's happening mm-hmm. here. So one of the things that this woman um, said in her review was that when when Mitchell provided... So this woman translated the actual language. She took it Japanese to English, right? And then he took it and... Let me find the, the actual words that he said. He um, added the literary icing to the language. <laughs> Do do you see what I'm Uh saying? Yeah, so... Yeah, that almost feels like they're putting the words into this kid's mouth. Right, right. And then telling the world that this is what he thinks. Right, so... so, Where is it? Stylistic icing on the cake is what he described his portion, his contribution to the translation, which to me says, "Mm, I don't think he actually said those things. Yeah. You know, and if I could read Japanese, it might be a little different because I, maybe I could go back and read the original and see that it was very basic and be able to believe that somebody... Like a child wrote it. Yeah, exactly. But um, the woman who also has an autistic child, this is what she said. I'm just going to read it. She said, all parents of autistic children, and that's a generalization, obviously, long for a chance to understand what is happening inside their heads. But... You have to be careful about turning what you found into what you want. Mm-hmm. And I think there is a certain amount, potentially, of him having turned the language into something he really wanted to get mm-hmm. from his own child. So so I was already skeptical about whether or not this was written by this little boy. And then reading that, I'm like, oh, well, that makes a lot more sense. Yeah. And so I didn't get a lot out of it that I would consider productive. I got a lot out of it that I was like, what? <laughs> no, made you think uh, of like ethical questions exactly, about writing books. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, and have you done him a service or a disservice here? I'm not right. sure. So yeah, exactly. So all it managed to do was raise my ethical red flags. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, so, you know, it's worth reading if um, you can take it with that salt. Mm-hmm. I'm, and maybe if you do read Japanese, maybe it would be worth going to see the original yeah. to see how different it really is. Because my understanding, it was written in a very juvenile language in Japanese. And the language that is being used um, yeah. in so the English had the, version Yeah, so the guy different. wrote Cloud Atlas to real dress it up. Right. Well, and, and if you've read Slade House. <laughs> no, I haven't. Yeah. Well, there you go. <laughs> Yeah, but I think that that whole idea of maybe he wanted so badly to believe that of his own kid mm-hmm. that he he flowered it up a right. little bit. So. A, bit of, a bit of wish fulfillment exactly, in there. Exactly, exactly. And so, you know, he felt he felt like finally he could see into the soul of his own child, but it, the reality is that he just made that up too. Right. Sad. That was horribly sad. I'm sorry I said that. Well, the book I read... Mm-hmm. Um, was The Bride Test by Helen Hong. Okay. And she published The Kiss Quotient last year, and The Bride Test came out this year. 
Uh-huh. It's a like a companion book. They're romance novels. Okay. And I love them. Uh-huh. <laughs> um, so what's the neurodiversity? So um, uh, the author identifies as, like, on the spectrum. Okay. Uh, she has Asperger's. And it's kind of an interesting story because... So I read the Chris Quotient, and mm-hmm. then she had, like, an author's note at the end talking about how she got her diagnosis. Right. Was that, like, her kid was in school, and, like, the school district or whatever, she's from uh-huh. San Francisco or around there, was like, hey, I think your kid should be tested for, like, a spectrum disorder. And so she was like, okay. And she did all this research, and he got tested, and he um, did not get diagnosed but on the did. spectrum. But she was like... I think this applies to me. Hilarious. And so through this process, she like, like really identified and she got a diagnosis and like really understood, like learned a lot about herself through ah. that process. Wow. <clears throat> and then she wrote the kiss quotient. And in that book, um, the main character is like a, like really successful young woman, like in her thirties, like she does some sort of data analysis job. I don't understand. And, <laughs> Her mom has, like, been really pressuring her to, you know, get married and stuff. Uh, so she – and she hasn't had any, like, positive dating experiences. So she decides to hire somebody to teach her. Um, so it's kind of like a bit of a gender-swapped pretty woman situation. Gotcha. And it ends up being really cute. I liked it. Hmm. And then in the second book, The Bride Test, which is the one I read this year, her – the love interest from the first book's cousin is – the main character, and he is autistic. His mother, mm-hmm. all these mothers, I tell you. Um, she goes to Vietnam, where she's from, mm-hmm. and to, to find him a wife, she brings back this woman who is like, she has, um, she's like a single mom, and she lives with her kid and her, her mother, and she's like willing to, you know, like marry a stranger to have like a better life in the United States. Okay. So she comes over to like meet him and then is like surprised that um, he didn't know that she was coming and he isn't in on this. And she doesn't have like really any uh, knowledge about autism spectrum disorders or anything like that. So she's kind of having to learn about it and like is kind of thrown into this situation with him. Uh-huh. And he's like kind of mad at his mom and feeling really awkward about it. I'll bet. Anyways, but of course, because it's a romance novel. They do fall in love. Huh. And I really like these books in the series. And then the, the third one is coming out, and I think it's about his brother. Okay. Um, who is like a secondary character both in this book and in the other book. Mm-hmm. So I'm excited about that one, too. Nice. Highly recommend. Wow. Yeah. Probably my favorite reading challenge book I read this year. We haven't even gotten to that part yet. <gasps> I'm sorry. Stop it. Anyways, if you Spoiler. like contemporary romance, you can't go wrong with it. Is it a quick read? Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's yeah. nice. I, I I will read a romance if it's fast. Yeah. Yeah, I won't read them if it's long and drawn out and I have to actually participate. Oh. Ugh, gross. <laughs> so I was actually just looking at our 2020 list and you could use these books for several of the topics coming next year too. So that's good. Yeah. Yeah. Are we ready to go on to the third mm-hmm. one? All right, so the third one is our... A book by a journalist or about journalism. And so what I read, I actually listened to it, um, was He Had It Coming. He Had It Coming. Yes. And it is the stories that Chicago, the musical, was based on. Oh. 
and it is um, written by Corey Rumor. I don't know if it's Rumor or Rumore because it has an E on the end, and I mm-hmm. don't know if she has that Italian descent or not. Um, and Marianne Mather, who is currently an, a journalist at the Chicago Tribune. And the Chicago Tribune is where, um, what's her name? What is her name? Whose name? The woman who wrote, oh, uh, Maureen Dallas Watkins, who wrote Chicago. Mm-hmm. That's where she was writing as a journalist. She wrote the stories about the women who went to jail and were murderesses in Chicago. And they were living in the 1920s on Murderess Row. And then they became forever, ever, ever in your brain as singing murderesses in Chicago. <laughs> anyway, so it was actually a short book. It was, I mean, I listened to it, so I, I didn't actually, you know. Do they read. sing the song? They, no, 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 no. This is all about, Swish. this is. Swish. Uh, stop. This Cicero. is. Stop it. This Lip is shits. all the, this book, I really wish. So this isn't actually going to be published until 2020. Oh, yeah. a little preview it copy. Is, yeah, so you can definitely use this for next year as the book based on a true story. Mm-hmm. Or even, there was another one that I saw on here that, uh, a book about incarceration. Oh, yeah. yeah. So this book actually has clips of the actual articles that this one wrote oh. and the photographs of the actual women who were in court, in trial, on trial, and in jail. And so I really, really wish I had had a paper version of it so I could look at the pictures because that wasn't part of the whole audiobook. So I missed out on most of the story because I didn't get any of the visual cues <laughs> that were there. Um, it would have been much, much better this book uh-huh. if I'd had those pictures to look at because as it was I was just getting a rundown uh-huh. of what I should have been able to see and so it wasn't near the book audio version that I would have liked uh-huh. um, and it was interesting to hear the stories about these women w- what they really were who they really were and where they actually came from as opposed to what you see on Chicago, mm-hmm. because they aren't glamorous. They aren't, you know, these... What? They're not dancing in the gel, no. gel cells yeah, as a matter and, of like, fact, fishnet types? Exactly. And... Well, you know, like, the woman with the two-year-old, there was a picture, apparently, and I didn't get to see it, of the two-year-old visiting her in jail, and then shortly thereafter, she tries to kill herself in jail. So, I mean, it's not nearly as it's no fun. delightful. So, on Crazy Ex-Girlfriend, <laughs> yes. my favorite television shows... They did a jail block tango. Is that the song? Yeah. Like spoof. And it was like Rebecca, the main character, is in jail. And she's like, yeah, like, tell me all your stories. Right. Like, what you did. And she's right. like singing. And and then the women go and they tell their stories. And they're all like super depressing or just like dumb <laughs> circumstances that they found themselves in. And she's right. like, come on. <laughs> yeah, That's pretty good. Exactly. Yeah. So um, I think that if I saw the book and it had all the pictures and the clippings in it, I would be far, far mm-hmm. more interested. But as an audiobook, I would say, you know. It was just okay. It was just a story about where this stuff came from. And what was really interesting, it ended um, about this Maureen Dallas Watkins and her life and how her life ended. So that was kind of interesting to hear how this woman who had, she actually wrote Chicago. And so she took all of these stories of all of these women she had covered over her mm-hmm. course as a journalist and then made that into this musical. And, um, you know, she quit writing and yeah. retired and she literally dressed them up she actually did <laughs> dang yeah and then she ended up 
you know, living with her mom in Florida. So, but anyway, um, some of the stories were, were pretty sad too, because there was the mom of the two year old and she just wanted to, you know, be with her kid. She didn't want anything else. And then there was the, the woman who, um, she was an immigrant, did not speak English and nobody else in court spoke her language and she ended up being convicted. Mm. And, you know, it's, it's, you know, unfortunate circumstances of how these women manage to kill people and get in jail. And then how different that really is from what you see on yeah. Chicago. So, so it was interesting. I would say don't audiobook it if you have the choice. I would say it's interesting to hear the story as an audiobook, but it would probably be far more. Oh, you could just like have them both and listen, and then supplement your listening yeah. with looking at the pictures. Yeah, or as a matter of fact, having listened to it. I'm excited to go look at the pictures. Mm -hmm. And I might not read any of the book. But just look at I'm the just going to look at the pictures. like National Geographic. <laughs> <laughs> I just want to read what the pictures are about. But now I have all of this back information yeah. where I can go and like, oh, that's what they were talking mm -hmm. about. And I, so I think that um, it's, it will work as an audio book, but I think it'll be far more fulfilling when I get, actually get to see those pictures. So Cool. Yeah. So what was yours? Um, my book was Bad Blood by John Carreyrou. Ooh. And oh, I've talked about this one before. You did, yes. Um, I also listened to this as an audiobook. Um, and he reads it. I I liked it. I prefer my audiobooks to be nonfiction. Yeah, I think I agree with you. Um, whenever I try to read like a novel as an audiobook, not whenever, but most of the time, I just stop listening to it. Yeah. I actually can listen to anything as an audiobook, mm -hmm. but I prefer nonfiction. Yeah. Or memoirs. Yeah, if they're read by if they're read by yeah. the author. Yeah. Okay. Anyways, so um Bad Blood talked about it before. It's about Elizabeth Holmes and her fake blood company Theranos that duped a bunch of people out of millions of dollars for like eleven years. Um Woo woo. Yeah. She no, did it. That's a business plan right there. <laughs> um <laughs> wait, she's in prison right now, isn't she? Oh. Is she there yet? Um, I think she might be. Whatever happened to Elizabeth Holmes? I was following this like at the beginning of the year when I was reading this book. Well, and after you did this review the last mm -hmm. time, I paid a little closer attention to what she was up to, and then I just lost interest. Yeah, in and I do know that she did have something happen, and I thought it was court related. So. Yeah. Um, but basically, it's just about the guy John Carreyrou who wrote the book works for. I think the Washington Post, but I'm sorry if I'm wrong. Um, <laughs> apologies. <laughs> but apologies if I'm wrong. And he broke the story. So, like, he got a call from somebody and they were like, hey, this is happening. You need somebody needs to, like, blow the whistle on this. Right. Like, the world needs to know. And so he talks both about, like. Elizabeth Holmes, like her background and her starting the company and all the crap that the company did that was shady. But he also talks about his like learning about it and him publishing the articles about it and his experience, like telling everybody wow. about mm -hmm. it. Um, and I think that like the whole thing is really interesting, but I think that is maybe the most interesting part to me um, because he had these sources and they were like anonymous at the time, but right. she knew and her people based on the information that he was publishing who they were who they were Ooh. and they she were just followed and threatened right um well and this is the woman who doesn't blink 
Right. Right. So there's a lot of cuckoo mm-hmm. going on behind Well, that. and then like one of the guys who had worked for her for a long time um, had been so distraught and like about what they were doing and then threatened by her that he ended up committing suicide. Oh, horrible. Um, but there was like a guy who just started um, like writing his blog about this. Because nobody was like picking up the story because she was seen as so like kind of like, untouchable at the time. Right. Like she was everyone's darling. Yeah. She was like the. Oh, you saw her everywhere. Yeah. yeah it was a miracle what mm-hmm. she was doing. Yeah. Yeah. She wasn't doing any of that stuff that she said she was doing. Right. <laughs> she was just. It was a miracle. They believed her. And she was just lying part. forever. Yeah. And people, I mean, people ate it up. Yeah. That's I mean, smart people. That's uh-huh. the part where you just have to stand back and say, how on earth? Does this happen? Right. And then one of the guys who like was one of her biggest backers, like financially. Right. um, His grandson went to work for her and then he was like, I left because it was like scam. Right. And he was like, hey, grandpa, you need to stop. Stop giving her money. Like, this is terrible. And Gramps was like, forget it, kid. Yeah. They like it broke up their family for a couple of years. They're like all back together now and stuff. But well, um. Yeah, Unreal. it's a really fascinating story. Yeah, I'd really recommend that. And it was good as an audiobook. Well, and I think that it would be interesting er now because it's progressed since mm-hmm. that book was. And there's like a few, um, like HBO did a documentary, ABC there, did a special. There's like a podcast about it. So if you're interested, you can keep learning more. Mm-hmm. Isn't there something on Netflix? Wasn't there something on Netflix? I can't remember. I'm not going to verify it. Um. I don't know. And then there's a um, Hollywood movie coming out with um, Jennifer Lawrence, I think, in it. Gotcha. It's probably coming out next year. 2020 is a big year. Yeah, you can watch the movie. Wow. Anyway, so that's the journalism book I read. Very nice. And that wraps up all of our books on the reading We challenge. did it. Yeah. And we did all 25 of them. Yeah, we're the best. Yes. And I put my name on mine and I can check off this last one. And here you go, Becky. Wow. Wow. So you really cool. did it. You did it. You did it. And look at this. I have the 2021 blank. Wow, right underneath. You haven't mm-hmm. even thought about what you're going to read. I've been thinking. I've been thinking. I just haven't written anything down. I've yet. been thinking too. I've been thinking. I've wow, been now thinking. I have this new reading planner. I can yeah. think even harder. You can think so hard about it. Nice. I'm so excited. <laughs> so I have some questions for you. And, and you have to answer them too. As we reflect upon the last year, Oof. 2019, Oof. closing out the decade. So what was your favorite book that you read for the reading challenge this year? So there were two of them Okay, for two different audiences. Two different. Mm-hmm. The <laughs> first one was one that you recommended, and it was And Every Morning, The Way Home mm-hmm. Gets Longer and Longer. Mm-hmm. I and I loved it, and I hated it so much. Mm-hmm. Oh, my gosh. That book made me so sad. Did it really tug on your heartstrings? Very much so. Yeah. Very much so. And, and but, you know, this is by Frederick Bachman, and he also did the uh, A Man Called Uva. Mm-hmm. That was an amazing story, too, and it had that same flavor to it. But this one was extremely touching mm-hmm. i mean really really heartbreaking and happy mm-hmm. heartbreaking and happy yeah Blech, i want to throw up <laughs> i'm just thinking about it and i'm like oh my gosh all right so and the other one was no pirates allowed said library lou i loved that book and that was a picture book about reading mm-hmm. and letters and finding the treasure in and reading pirates. 
and pirates who weren't stinky anymore because they took baths. Right. And that was an amazing book. So those two were my favorites. What were yours? My favorites were The Bride Test, which I um, mentioned earlier. And I also really liked Bad Blood. That mm-hmm. was also one of my favorites. And then my third favorite <laughs> was Holier Than Thou by Laura Buzo, which was the Australian book oh, okay. um, that I read. Okay. I really liked that one, too. Nice. So what was your favorite book overall that you've read this year? So, And Every Morning was... <laughs> One of my favorite books. And the other one that was my favorite was Acid for the Children. Right. I mm-hmm. loved that book. I mean, it is silly, too, because it was it was not an amazing story, or but it was really relatable yeah. for me. It left an impression on it, you. It, it yeah. did. I mean, and, and it had a lot of similarities with my life that, um, not too extremes, but I could understand them mm-hmm. and I could relate to them right now as an, as an adult. I could relate to that situation having come from that yeah. kind of situation. So it was very relatable. For and me. it seems like something too, that you weren't like expecting to have that no, connection. With. I didn't. And sometimes all. I think when you yeah. read a book and you're surprised by it, yeah. like that's what stays with yeah. you so much. Yeah. yeah. Well, and what, what was most, I mean, I told you the thing that set yeah. me up for the whole book was how much he loved his grandma. <laughs> I mean, and I don't even have that backstory uh-huh. myself, but I was amazed that flea, learned and absorbed so much from his grandma that he didn't even get to spend a whole lot of time with that it affected him for the rest of Mm -hmm. his life and i thought that was amazing to have that kind of connection in your life it's fantastic that's cool okay what was yours oh i have a few i really liked call down the hawk okay which is maggie steve otter's new book that's like a spinoff from the raven boys okay um i really liked that one super excited for the rest of that series she's writing the second one Right now, I wish it was done. Um, it ends kind of cliffhangery, Uh-oh. and that's well. I guess she's done that before, but it it definitely feels like more of like adventure than her other ones have, which were more like the Raven Boys. The four of in that series are really focused like a lot on the like relationships between the people, mm-hmm. and this one is like, and then this is gonna happen. Oh, okay. mm-hmm. So. <laughs> Um, but that was good and fun. And then I read um, Belonging by Nora Krug. And I think I talked about that at the beginning of the year. Mm-hmm. That was like a graphic memoir about a woman, a German woman learning her. She wanted to find out what her grandparents were doing oh. during World War II. Right. And if they were good right. guys or bad guys. Right. Um, and kind of coming to terms with her. What she found. Yeah. yeah. So that one was really good. And I read the young adult adaptation of uh, Just Mercy, which I've also talked about here. Yes, you have. And I really like that. And then there was a few um, graphic novels that I read for a great graphic novels committee that I liked a lot. But I can't talk about them this year. <laughs> talk about them next so year. So when <laughs> um, our book is, well, because we put together like the book list. And so when that comes out early next year, then I can talk about it. Perfect. But, so look wow. forward to that. We have something to look yeah. forward to. <laughs> Let's see. What do you have any reading goals for 2020? Yes, uh, actually, no. Oh, my only reading goal now for... you have the planner. Right. No, no, my only reading goal right now is to finish the 2020 challenge. Oh, okay. <laughs> that's a good goal. Yeah, I thought so. That's a good goal. I, that's how I start every year. Yeah, yeah, I just need to get through that. Everything else is, is icing. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> L- yeah, literary icing. Absolutely, yeah. 
That's one of my goals too. Perfect. My biggest reading goal is to read less in 2020. I think that's a good goal. Than I, I did think, in 2019. I think that you're on that trajectory just by yeah. not being on those reading groups. Yeah, anymore, I'm still so. on one reading group, but that's, but it's like a less of one. Well, and you were on the graphic novel one, which was yeah, lots and lots of books. Yeah. So so I think you're on a, a very good trajectory for so, that to reach that goal. Yeah. And oh. From this past year, what's been your favorite library thing from 2019? So that was the hard thing for me yeah. to think about because it's been a, it's been a rough year. Mm-hmm. And but as I was thinking about it, the things that I liked most involved bringing people into the library. So all, we had three humanities Washington presentations uh-huh. that involved a lot of really good discussion and a lot of really good information being shared. So those three things were really really good. I mm-hmm. thought I thought that. Um, the community came out and um, was able to participate uh, and enjoyed them. And that, so that of course Mm -hmm. makes me happy. But then my other favorite things were all of the music programs that we brought to the library. uh Those like we had Cochise most recently and then we had the Kilted Man and we had Nicole Stromso play live music in the library. I love that. I think that's fantastic. So those were my favorite things. Yeah. And you? I've had, like, in the last year, really good time with toddler time, just in general. That's been fun. Yeah. Um, I really liked working with the Friends of Galileo um, and partnering with them with our summer reading program last year. Nice. But I think my favorite thing is being here with you. Oh! Oh! (laughs) (laughs) And doing podcast stuff. Yeah, that's... It really is fun. Yeah. So, yeah, for sure. Yeah. So, and I think that that we'll be able to keep growing it, and it'll be pretty... Uh, fun. I, you know, I think you're right, and I think too that in 2020 we have some goals for mm-hmm. here that involve bringing more local authors and uh, writers to our podcast to get them more exposure too, so that we are not just reading books that we check out or mm-hmm. get from elsewhere, but we help people who are here spread their information yeah so and live interviews Mm -hmm. phone call interviews and there's that whole road trip that we had planned yeah now the trick is how do we get that paid for so we're gonna have to work on that yeah we're looking for some funding for a documentary that follows elizabeth and i on a on a road trip 50 libraries to 50 libraries in 50 states yes so which means just one library per state, not 50 libraries per In each state. state. <laughs> we'll never get done. We're going to have to ask for funding in perpetuity. <laughs> we'll lose Come our on. jobs doing that. So <laughs> No, no. This is part of our job. They'll see the benefit. They're like, we can't uh, give you six months to do this project. Um, you know, we can get a year of, what is it called? Leave of absence. Yes. Uh, but we do have to find the funding. For right. Yeah. So it's a, it's a long term project yeah so what are you most looking forward to for 2020 so this was really hard and the the one thing that i'm really looking forward to is being on vacation yeah in two weeks yeah so soon yeah so that's pretty sunshine all i can think about right yeah i'm i am beyond excited to go see people and do things and it's gonna be awesome how about you so I'm excited for my new like job at the library. Oh yeah, that's um, super fresh. Yeah, that's super fresh. Yeah, I think it'll be very busy. Yeah, I think the first part of the year is going to be. Yeah, really busy. Mm-hmm. Um, and then like not work related, I'm pretty excited about. Yeah, like a bunch of stuff, like small stuff. Mm-hmm. No, I'm not traveling out of the country or anything. 
but like small trips and things planned. I'm going to go to Montana this summer. I plan on going to Boston in September. Um, see some friends that I haven't seen for a while. Lives in Boston. We could stay at his house. You probably could. That would be weird. Yeah. <laughs> He's pretty friendly. <laughs> And hey, hey, Lars, can Becky stay at your house? Does he listen to our podcast? He does. Oh, okay. Yeah, he actually, um, Megan. All right, so you know, Megan, my sister, right. did the intro for song. Mm-hmm. And so when the article came out in the newspaper, she put it on her Facebook page and oh. shared it with everybody. So then Lars got onto it and read it and had started listening to the podcast. Cool. So, yeah. So there you go, Lars. <laughs> Becky might be called. Yeah. So I'm going to call you up. <laughs> You know, I still got all those like musicals and stuff to go to. You do. And uh, Matilda's actually going with you to Frozen. Mm -hmm. She's super excited about that. Yeah. Yeah. So just a lot of like smaller things sprinkled here and there to keep keep the year fresh. Yeah. I so I'm I'm looking forward to making this a year of travel for me. So I think I've mentioned that before that, you know, it starts with this two weeks and then I have a trip with Matilda Uh in the spring. And then I have been thinking, okay, so what comes after that? So it's going to be a year of travel. Yeah. It might be local. It might be not international, but I doubt it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I'm excited, though, too, because with all the changes that we have happening at the library and how things are just kind of falling into a uh, – it, it seems like things are falling into place in a way that's going to be beneficial – for everyone. Yeah, for yeah. the organization. Yeah, for the community. I think, mm-hmm. man, some of the plans that we have that I'd like to just blurt out right now, they're awesome. You're going to love them. Wow. But I'm not going to talk about you it. You guys are really lucky. Super lucky. <laughs> <laughs> man, I can't thank you enough for my planner. That is the best surprise. Yeah, and then I was like, oh, so they had posted like on Instagram that they, they're oh. like, we have limited planners available. Get uh-huh. them now. Uh-huh. And like I've said before, I make all my purchasing decisions based, based on, on Instagram. Instagram. Right. Um, but I was like, oh, I hope Elizabeth did see right? this. I didn't. Yeah. Because <laughs> I was like, she would just get it. I and would. Then, I would then I'd have like two planners. <laughs> and it's so funny because I didn't even think about it because I said, Becky, when you see <laughs> yeah. this, let me know. So, And you never let me know. And I didn't. Oh, that's an awesome prize. Thank yeah. you. Yeah, because I did look to uh, the company doesn't. There's no. nothing else like this. Nothing. Yeah. It sounds like I work for them, but I don't. She doesn't. <laughs> Owlcrete, if you would like to sponsor. Uh, your show for mine. Your show for mine. We have a road trip. <laughs> yeah. Give me a call. Yeah, we could talk about Owlcrete the whole time. <laughs> <laughs> we go to all the libraries <laughs> put a plug in <laughs> perfect cool well that's the end of 2019's reading challenge and the end of 2019's your shelf or mine crazy it is crazy and we won't be back until I'll january back. 2nd oh yeah you'll be here <laughs> I'll, I'll be, be here. back yeah i'm not leaving till couple days after that so you know what um let me tell you a fun story about the library before we go do it so in my new capacity i've been like trying to like learn about the collections that i haven't been like working with as much so i'm like running all these reports and like looking at the numbers superintendent numbers and she's not lying uh i was like i was trying to see like what starts the most and it's like 100 percent kids comic books if it's a comic book it goes out a lot but the two books that we talked about last week, right. Diary of a Wimpy Kid right. and the Ranger's Apprentice series, right. are also some of the highest circulating <laughs> books in the library. And I wasn't surprised about Wimpy Kid, of course. Right. But I kind of was surprised because 
the Rangers Apprentice series has been done for a number of years. A number of years. Yeah. Um, but it is still like one of the highest circing yeah. series. Yeah, I think it's a good beginner boy series. Circing means circulating. And that means getting checked out a lot. <laughs> and beginner boy. <laughs> yeah, I think little boys like it because it's an actual adventure story that's geared toward it's a it's about a, a little boy mm -hmm. growing up and I think kids little boys can relate to that. I know Axel enjoys it quite a bit. He is uh, on book 12 now. So is that the last one? 12 or 13. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. I was thinking about that because you ha we have to read the last one in the series yeah. for next year. And I was like, dang, that's too many. <laughs> Maybe I'm saving the toll to read that. <gasps> that's an excellent idea because I won't even get it until 2020. Oh, I have I'm, it sitting at home. Well, I'm not going to borrow it. because I bought it from Owl Crate. <laughs> that's I really did. Oh, man. Owl yeah. Crate. Give Becky a call. Yeah. <laughs> Give us some money. <laughs> She's not shy. <laughs> <laughs> no, right. I can't use my position as a public employee to no. like promote an individual company. No. Blah, 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 blah. <laughs> anyway, that's it then. <laughs> We're done. Um, yeah. Uh, thanks for listening to us through 2019. Yeah. This has been Your Shelf. Or mine. I'm Becky. I'm Elizabeth. Bye. Bye. Studio time for Your Shelf or Mine is donated by KLOG, Cook and Country, and 101.5 The Wave. We at the Longview Public Library thank our local stations for their ongoing support. Your Shelf or Mine jingle is written and performed by Megan McKeldry from A Song for You. Find Megan on Facebook or Twitter at Meg McKeldry or online at ReverbNation.com slash Megan McKeldry. That's M-E-A-G-H-A-N-M-C-E-L-D-E-R-R-Y. ReverbNation.com slash Megan McKeldry. Guess how? Chicken eyebrow?